Previously on Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. And finally, oh, that scene is so beautiful, man. When he just comes in his face. Oh, when he comes he, in he, his he, face. When he like, comes to his <laughs> face. <laughs> he doesn't come in during his face. That scene is so beautiful, man. Well, he's just like right there. The and, money shot. And then, uh. <laughs> so, you know, the, go, the fight starts coming to an end. This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. What is up, Nerd Enthusiasts, and thank you for joining us this week for episode 71 of Nerd Talk on this podcast. Uh, what do we got for him this week, List Lane? We got for you this week the winner of the Funko Pop contest. We have the non-nerdy recommends. We have talking about the season premieres of your favorite CW TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> and the season premiere of... The Walking Dead. Another one rides the bus. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna sit next to you. Another one rides the bus. Ow! <laughs> that shit was funny, dude. Hell yeah, it was funny. Wait till we wait till you find out what we found out today about that. But I'm, I'm, most people probably were like, "Yeah, that's weird." Oh, <laughs> we're just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I didn't find I out. You like today. weird Al a lot. So I know, I and I I just never I never dove into Weird Al's entire discography, so I I didn't even know that that was just thing. his nudes. Just all of his DJ games. has like a fucking history on his computer. It's exclusively like the Weird Al, Weird Al nudes, the Weird Al, yeah, Weird Al Yankovic happening there. <laughs> all right, so first things first, right off the top, the winner of the Funko Pop contest was Stephanie Ross. Um, she's a local in Dubois. She is a good person. She's a great person. She is a fan of the show. Said she has been before she even knew who we were per in per in, you know in personally. Um, and good stuff. So you're going to be hearing a lot of stuff on Facebook about her after the show comes out about her winning the Funko Pop. So that's pretty cool. How many things can she say about it? You know, she's going to post it a couple times. A daily three-hour vlog of how I won this. (laughs) For a year. That was under the contract. But she was the happy winner of the Gladiator Hulk Funko Pop from Thor Ragnarok. And you could have won it if you went to our Facebook page or our iTunes page and reviewed the show within the time frame of I think it was like just it was just over a month or something like that. And we chose one randomly, and she happened to win. So next time we do a, a contest like that, head over there and do it. You could win something fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. This is all you, Mr. Stipe. The change up in the formula. We as Nerd Talkless Podcast have decided to stop covering television on episode-by-episode basis. We will talk about premieres, mid-season finales, mid-season premieres, crossovers, and season finales. And if something crazy happens, we can mention this thing in the episode. Yes, so uh, we're lightening our workload a little bit and uh, not doing it on a, uh, you know, every single week you're going to get the recap and review of what happened in this maybe not so bogus episode of arrow or maybe an episode where we're just like yeah, this episode was all right let's move on to the next you know what i mean it's just a waste of time so we're gonna change it up and we'll bring it to you when you know when everything is important yeah so that's we- pretty cool yeah that's fantastic 
All right, so uh, nerdy slash non-nerdy recommends. Lane, you want to read yours? Uh, there's a show called Chance on Hulu. I highly recommend it. It's not nerdy at all, but it is. It's very badass and very mind-bending, and, and they cuss and shit. So it's like they could take it to that level. Like some some shows can't be so gruesome or whatever. Like, and then uh, Friends from College on Netflix is funny. Uh, it's just a funny show to sit and watch it. <laughs> just the randomest shit in this show, man. It's <laughs> I showed DJ one scene from it, and he's like, "What the fuck?" It was weird, but it was funny. <laughs> And The Good Doctor on Hulu, too. Really good show so far. Creators of House uh, decided to come at us with a young doctor fresh out of school that has autism. And can, does that make him a good doctor or a bad doctor? Find out next time on The Good Doctor. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it is good because that's the title of the show. Yeah. And my recommend is called Big Mouth. It's like uh, gay, op- gay porn on <laughs> xnxx.com. It is it a Netflix original animated series starring John Mulaney. Nick Kroll, several other comedians. It's written by all of them guys That's too. You keep telling me to watch. I I mean I I cannot recommend the animation itself. I saw because I, I see it on Netflix and it looks horrible to me. The the animation's bad. <laughs> Is it like big brickleberry bad? Mm, it's like the Magic School Bus reboot bad. Oh, but not. I mean, it's a little better than that. Like it's not as kiddy. Yeah. But the content's good. Okay, I'll it's check it funny. Out. Like I'm- it's. It's made me. I've watched two episodes and it's made me laugh out loud th- like four times. Hell yeah! And I was like, this and it's fucking ridiculous. Like they, they're no holds barred. Like they can just Curse go right into it. it and say fuck, fuck yeah, dude. There's like a, there's like a. The, basically, the premise of it is like two kids going through puberty or ki- a bunch of kids going through puberty. But John Mulaney is one of those main, the main characters, <coughs> and Nick Kroll is the other one. And John Mulaney's boner <laughs> manifests itself into a a, a monster. He's called the Hormone Monster, and he just, like, shows up. Anytime he gets a boner, he shows up. He's like, what's going on, man? Like, and he just, he's like, what are you doing? And, you know, he he, he basically encourages him. The monster? Yeah, to get himself off in some sort of way. And then he disappears for that brief period of time. But it's fucking hilarious the way that it goes on. Interesting. And uh, it, it's very, very intriguing. And then and then the girl has one, too. And she's, and they're vicious, dude. Like, they're just I'm like. Sure. It's very interesting. You know why they call PMS PMS, right? Yeah. Why? I don't. I'm, I mean, I know what it stands for, but oh, well, because mad cow disease was already taken. Oh, I've heard that joke before. I've told you that joke before. <laughs> okay. Sorry to all the women that watch this. I love women almost as much as I love cabbage. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like women better than cabbage. That's I weird. That's a weird thing to say. Well, you're a weird thing to say. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I don't know why I put this in here. It's I guess it's news. The Walking Dead news season eight premiere happened last night. Whoa! Ten twenty two, It happened. It was fucking great. It was a good ass fucking good premiere. ass premiere. Yeah, buddy. Two thumbs up. Perfect. Hell yeah! It wasn't uh, nearly as. Uh, it didn't leave me nearly as speechless as the season seven premiere did. Um, I remember having to sit on my back porch, and and gather my thoughts mm-hmm. after that happened we yes, were pretty sir. we were pretty devastated even though we knew it was coming all right well let's move on to this brand new but old category of news Lane. news from the hall of justice <laughs> is that the guy you said the guy has to sound i have no idea that's from fine though it works Shazam <laughs> director david sandberg confirms movie release Day April 2019. So this is, th- in case you don't know what that is, that's, this is DC Universe news. We're just calling it News from the Hall of Justice. Uh, I'm trying to make the yeah. show a little bit 
in- more interesting. Justice. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, yeah, April twenty nineteen for Shazam. There's a lot more Shazam news here. Jesus. So the Shazam movie is reportedly casting the Marvel family. DC Films will be bringing a unique hero to the big screen with Shazam, and it looks like he'll have some friends with him too. That hashtag show recently uncovered some new character breakdowns for Shazam. The breakdowns are for four child actors, and while their names might not be consistent with DC Comics lore, their character descriptions seem to hint at the roles being the members of the Marvel family who were first introduced in the Flashpoint story arc. The first casting is for Daniel, which appears to be casting a casting alias for Eugene Choi, as the role is seeking an 11-year-old Korean actor. Daniel is... Uh, described as a smart kid who is into video games and reading nonfiction. The second is for Carlos, who is most likely an alias for Pedro Pena. Pena? Pena. The uh, character is described as Hispanic, overweight, and asthmatic, 15-year-old who is very shy and sweet. The third casting call is for Susie, which appears to be a moniker for Darla Dudley. The role is seeking an 8- to 10-year-old African-American actress to play a sweet, bubbly girl with glasses and pigtails. And the fourth role is for Frank, a sarcastic and funny teenager who appears to be an alias for Freddie Freeman. Word on Freddie's role in the film was teased earlier this month, and after an audition tape for the role was uncovered, the presence of the Marvel family in Shazam is certainly noteworthy as it helps to add a, another layer to Billy Batson's world. It's too early to tell if the kids will just remain childhood peers of Billy or will fully transform into their superpower counterparts in a later film. With the film deep in pre-production and casting announcement for Billy Batson set to be er, be announced soon, <coughs> fans probably won't have to wait too long to see if the Marvel family is in the film. Shazam does not have an official release date. Well, as yeah, but it is expected to hit theaters in April of 2019. Hell yeah! I don't know a whole lot about Shazam's background. Like I know Shazam, but I don't really know much about the rest of the Marvel family. Too they well. were in Flashpoint, but I think they all turned into Shazam. Like, well, those are a bunch of kids that do that. Because like, there's a different take where it's Billy Batson by himself, and, and then there's a yeah. different take where each there's each like five different children that turn and they into each ha- possess a specific. I don't know one of that's fucking weird, and they all have a cat. I don't. Or whatever I don't, the hell that is. Uh, yeah. Yo, how come there aren't? Look, I'm about to ask this question, but I know about wolves already. Okay, but how come, like, there's, like, lions and tigers, all right, as, like, part of the cat family, and there's, like, cougars and cheetahs and yeah. panthers and shit, but how come dogs only have, like, one big fucking variation of itself? Wolf, I don't know. There's a bunch of different types of wolves, I guess. Like, I mean, I know there's, like, coyotes and wolves and stuff, but, like, I'm talking, like, big fucking... Jackals. Big cats. Well, nothing, <laughs> like, a fucking... That's what's funny, is, like, a dog takes on a cat, generally. You know, like a big dog, like yeah. a regular-sized dog versus a regular-sized cat. And, you know, but then in the in the animal kingdom, on the other hand. Right. You know, a pack of wolves is going to have a hard time taking down a lion. Right. I mean, if it's a big-ass wolf, I mean... Uh, yeah, but one wolf, one wolf versus one lion, I think the lion wins every single time. Yeah, I have to agree with you. This this thought occurred to me at some point. Oh, last night we were watching Walking Dead. So I saw Shiva, and that thought just floated into my head. I don't know. Yeah, because there's like panthers and cheetahs and leopards. And oh, it's because of you, because you looked at your fucking dog. You looked at Mozzie and you were like, that's you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I And I was that. like, huh, I wonder why there's not a lot of big fucking dogs in the world. Mozzie walks like a lion. Like when he walks, his head's down and then like you see his shoulder, shoulder blades. Oh, yeah. He's a beast. There's that. Every time I see that, 
I think of that scene when Simba's and learning King. how to pounce. Yeah, he's fucking just. <laughs> I love it's it. It's like they're shimmying. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Shazam audition tape reveals potential Billy Batson. DC Films is searching for a young actor to play the alter ego of the powerful hero Shazam. A new audition tape first found by Omega Underground reveals young actor Kobe Firmer auditioning for the role of Billy Batson. <coughs> I have a picture of him here. Mm. That's, not, yeah, but That's not him? That is him. Oh. I thought you were trying to click it as a video, but I just screen capped it. But he looks all right for the role, yeah. I guess. Any little brown-haired boy would do fine. <laughs> All right, moving on to Marvel news from Avengers Tower. I saw a new trailer for the fucking Daddy's Home 2, and John Cena's definitely going to be in it. Yes. There's another movie coming out with John Cena in it, and it looks fucking hilarious. That's funny. I can't wait. Uh, anyway, so uh, this story is hilarious. Did you see the news from the Avengers Tower? Yeah. Why, did you want to say it in did your you, special way? Did you do all epic and shit? No. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> all right, so this story here... <coughs> Uh, the Hulk actor Mark Ruffalo accidentally live streams part of Thor Ragnarok. Well, I think this was fake. No, it's true. I'm sure, but I don't know if he actually did it on accident. Well, maybe I don't know, but he did it on Instagram. Um, he did it weeks ahead of the release. He said it was a total accident, but Ruff- Ruffalo left his live stream on Instagram open while attending the screening. It's not said how far into the stream he got before it was shut down. How, did it, where, how does he position his phone on a standard basis so it could see the video stream? It was just audio. Oh. Um, that seems more feasible to me. Yeah, it was just audio. But he, uh, he yes, he still has his job. <laughs> and uh, he issued an apology to Marvel and all this stuff like that. And then the funniest part about this entire thing is we reported uh, weeks back uh, ago about Tom Holland not getting a script for Avengers. Yeah. Because he talks so much about what's going on. So he came out on Twitter and was just like, well, now that Ruffalo pulled this, he's like, can I get my script? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. All right. Next, flick, Punisher release date. It's funny. It's not, uh, Batman vs. Superman released on the same day as Daredevil. The exact same day. Oh, really? And now this is releasing the exact same day as... Justice League. Marvel likes to show how big their dick is, man. Yeah. So it's funny because they're like, it's like, oh, twice in a row, huh? Like, <laughs> so uh, November 17th, The Punisher. Uh, cough, cough. Justice League opening weekend. Cough, cough. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that's going <laughs> to <laughs> All right. And then the uh, Venom movie might be looking at an iconic comic yeah, storyline. Yeah. Uh, it says Venom is moving quickly toward production, but fans have yet to find out just what the spinoff will be about. It doesn't look like Sony Pictures will be able to plug Spider-Man into the film, but the studio might have found a way around needing the hero. If the new uh, report is correct, then Venom may be following a after a classic comic storyline, which sees Eddie Brock doing his own thing away from New York City. Oh, my God. We better get Carnage out of this, man, because Venom Venom is like the father of Carnage, I guess you could say. Um, So it says, Recently, Omega Underground found some new production details about the film. The notes have prompted fans to agree that Venom may be eyeing Lethal Protector as its inspiration of choice. If you are not familiar with the comic run, then you should know that the series doesn't see Venom off doing nefarious things, as you might assume. Uh, The story ran back in 1993 and sees Eddie reconcile himself with the Venom symbiote and even Spider-Man. After coming to terms with his new life, Eddie moves to San Francisco and winds up becoming a hero of sorts. The character winds up protecting a group of disenfranchised dwellers over in California but his past can't t- cannot totally escape him 
Despite turning over a new leaf, Venom finds himself threatened when mercenaries are hired to kill him. The gang who goes by the name of The Jury eventually leads Venom to fight a new gang of symbiote villains along with some surprise help from New York Spider-Man. So that's pretty interesting. New gang of symbiote villains could be... Uh, yeah, because like regular assassins are going to have to be able to do anything. To right. <coughs> All right, so now we got this new Funko Pop vinyl are releasing Stan Lee cameo Funko Pops. They're going to release all of his cameos in all of the Marvel movies, which is awesome. They look so cool, dude. It's fucking brilliant, dude. I'm going to get all of them. I mean, that's my goal. If they don't have the one where he's the UPS driver and say, and it has that doesn't have a box that says Stank on it. Or oh, something. my God, right? Dude, these things are going to be worth so much fucking money when Stan Lee passes away. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen for a good while. The dude's in his 90s. Damn. So it's going to be soon, but these things are going to be worth bank when this happens. Is he so really in his 90s? Yeah. Holy shit. I'm pr- I dude, I'm pretty positive that he's he in his He has more 90s. hair than you do. <laughs> Shut the fuck I'm up, man. <laughs> I found a white hair in my beard, man. Yeah, you did. I found one in, I found one in his pubes. Yeah. I was like, yo, dude, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, why are you stopping? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're a fucking weirdo. You're a weirdo. You're the one who said pubes. Okay. <laughs> Netflix uh has released a teaser for Daredevil season three. It's like a I don't it was like a weird video, it wasn't anything. It was just a title sheet from the program of uh oh, spoilers for defenders of uh Matt Murdock's funeral. It's pretty interesting. Now we're getting into news from the Daily Prophet. <laughs> Headlining this week, Pres- Prisoner of Azkaban Illustrated Edition has released. It's pretty awesome looking. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I wrote that. I, I looked at that today at Walmart. It was fucking beautiful. Yes, sir. I didn't see it, but I believe it. Uh, it's, oh, dude, it's so good. All right, so uh, we're going to have to split this last one here on the end. But the, uh, this next one here, news from the Cantina. J.J. Uh, mm-hmm. Abrams claims that Star Wars Episode Nine will bring the story full circle, including the prequels, and some characters from them might not only be mentioned but could show up. Jar Jar Binks. That's what people were saying, man. Fuck yeah. We might see what became of Jar Jar Binks all these years later. Would love to see Darth Maul with the robot legs. Ah, oh, dude. Oh my God, yeah, it'd be so dope. Dude, that would be fucking dope. <laughs> dope. Hell yeah, it would be dope. <coughs> All right. All right, the newest category of news. News from the Council of Ricks. Ricks, Ricks, <coughs> Morty. <laughs> Dan Harmon on Rick and Morty Season 4. Back when the third season of Rick and Morty was announced, it was revealed that it would have 14 episodes, which was more than the previous two seasons consisted of. However, after it officially premiered in July, fans were disappointed to find out it would consist of just 10 episodes. That's my biggest complaint. It's only 30 episodes in three seasons. I know. In a new interview with Entertainment Weekly, Dan Harmon revealed that he the mostly blames himself for not doing the 14 episodes they initially planned. <laughs> Dan told the magazine that he's still learning how to do the show efficiently while catering to the perfectionist in him and the rest of the crew members. He also noted that that doesn't He also noted that he doesn't want to do any filler episodes. He revealed that he sometimes intentionally did subpar episodes while working on his previous TV effort community because he wouldn't be able to come up with the great ideas without stressing himself too much. Were those out at the same time? No, community got he got fired off community, and then started Rick and Morty. Oh, he was talking about doing that on community. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he got fired off, and then started Rick and Morty, and then got rehired back on community, and then fired again or something mm. like that. I'm not really sure. 
Anyway, so it says, however, Harmon has said that they haven't really reached that point with Rick and Morty. According to him, the only time they'll hit a brick wall with this animated show was the Purge episode in season two. We couldn't figure out how or, or could we couldn't figure out the finale. I was allowed to just uh, crap out this Purge planet idea because it was a way to solve the scheduling emergency. Let's just let's just do a one off and and move it up in the schedule and then let the finale be a cliffhanger instead of a two parter. And that the purge episode is fun and great. Um, I can feel it's a it's quote unquote good enough quality. Dan told Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Harmon added that he believes he's learned a lot from his mistakes while making the third season of Rick and Morty, and that um, both he and the rest of the crew are now truly ready to make a season that consists of fourteen episodes. His plan is to do. The uh, to do ten episodes in a shorter time period just to prove to everyone, including the network, how easy it is to do so. He soon be- or he believes that uh, by doing so, the network will give them the opportunity to do additional episodes. Nevertheless, he did not or he did note that in the fourth season, um, four of these fourteen episodes would simply be fun Purge Planet type episodes. So that's fine. That's fine with me. Dan opened up about the process of creating the third season as well. More specifically, he spoke about how they often start with one idea for an episode and end up with something completely different. It doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. An example of this creative process is the second episode of the current season, which started with the idea of Rick having a device called a bookalizer that would allow him to go inside of any book. That'd be cool. Fuck yeah, that would be awesome. The idea for this episode included Rick and Morty getting trapped inside a bad novel that Jerry wrote when he was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes! <laughs> Harmon said that the idea for this episode changed completely a couple times, which is evident, as we got to see a Mad Max-style adventure in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There was no mention of a book Jerry wrote at all. That I would, I want to see that. Yeah, me too. That has to happen now. What's it? Oh, go ahead. Okay. What's interesting to to hear is that the writers were um, never really throw any away ideas, but rather save them for later. Dan mentioned yes. that there are quite a lot of ideas. Um, intended for the season three that they can still use in upcoming seasons. In fact, he even mentioned that some of them are fully written. That's pretty sweet. One of the ideas that they currently have in mind is doing another Citadel episode or a dimension in which they pay homage to Game of Thrones. Um, He even expressed that he would love to work with the Game of Thrones showrunners who would have also expressed their admiration for Rick and Morty countless times. So that is going to fucking blow Kevin Smith's boner. Yeah, he, he fucking like, loves Game of Thrones. Does he like Rick and Morty? Yes, really. He's all about Rick and Morty and Game of Thrones. He talks about it constantly. That's why you want to watch it because you because t- you like him so much. Well, he, that's just one of the five fucking reasons. <laughs> as far as the main plot goes, Harmon explained that the writers don't want to think too far ahead, so they can avoid putting themselves into a corner. He believes that the viewers shouldn't know much about the main story until something is revealed in the show. It's just one of a million possibilities. Dan added, "For now, he wants the show to be about the fun adventures that Rick and Morty go on. Simple as that." I I don't even give a shit if there is a main story. Just keep yeah. giving me funny ass episodes. I pers- personally I believe that people look they read a lot into the theories behind Rick and Morty. Like it's probably just nothing. It's probably exactly like the same. You know, it's it's a bit of a different formula, but it's probably like the same as Family Guy. It never, you know, they'll never age. Yeah, you know, well, think cartoons like that. Well, yeah, yeah, it's Family Guy, Simpsons, Rugrats. You know, shit like that. Everything. Well, you can't count Rugrats anymore, but yeah, but and they didn't grow up in Rugrats. They grew up in a different show. Right. Dude, did you know that, you know Doug? Yeah. Like the Nickelodeon's Doug? Well, when it ended its third season or fifth season on Nickelodeon, it went to Disney. And, like, 
did like three more seasons that were really shitty. No, I didn't. I don't know if I've seen them and didn't realize it, but I don't it was know. fucking weird. I had no fucking clue hmm. that that was a thing. I learned all about it. Very interesting. Oh, dude, Stranger Things season two starts in four days. Are you excited? Oh, I'm fucking so stoked, man. <laughs> Cannot wait. Every trailer I watch is nuts. But that's that for news, so we're going to go right into the show notes. you want to do Walking Dead first, or do you want to do CW premieres? We can finish it with that, I guess. Or we can do it first. We can do it first. More people probably care about it. <laughs> All right. So, The Walking Dead, Season 8, Premier. Episode 1. This is the 100th episode for The Walking Dead, written by Scott Gimple, directed by Greg Nicotero. That's the dream team right there. Baby. Do you want, you want me to read it? Go ahead. So, uh, it's the episode's called Mercy. Rick and Maggie and Ezekiel rally their communities together to take down Negan and the Saviors uh, in all-out war, finally. Uh, Gregory attempts to have the Hilltop residents side with Negan, but they all firmly stand with Maggie. Thank God for Jesus, right? Using a large herd of walkers led by Carol, Daryl, Morgan, and Tara, the group ambushes the sanctuary, taking down their fences and flooding the compound with walkers. With the sanctuary up in flames and the saviors left to die, Rick, Maggie, and Ezekiel's groups leave. Gabriel reluctantly saves Gregory, but is left... He didn't seem fucking reluctant about that. Did he? I mean, he was kind of like struggling with himself about it, but he, so he, but he did it. Like, Idiot. Yes, but is left behind after Gregory abandons him. Surrounded by walkers, Gabriel hides in a trailer where he is trapped inside with Negan. Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, within this episode, we get some flash-forwards of a happier future. Another one rides the bus. Yeah, so, like, in the beginning of the episode, was, it was cool. Like, we see all them just gathering up, doing their thing. No, not really much audio. No. And they were just preparing. You know, you didn't quite know what they were doing, but they were, like, watching lots of walkers. They were... Daryl was just fucking... There's this cool scene, because at the end of last season, Dwight decided to work with them. Yeah. So Dwight's, like, out working on a motorcycle or something, and an arrow flies in and tire, poof. And a little note on it says, tomorrow. And then fucking Dwight shoots something back out, or he walks over there or something, and uh, gives him the note. And it was, like, the map, I think, and list of where everybody was at. All the fucking, like, they have, like, <laughs> posts, outposts out there. And Dwight was giving them the information that these are gu- these guys are on p- patrol, lookout, or whatever. So they went and killed them all before moving in. Right. Awesome. Hell yeah. They would not have been able to accomplish that much without Dwight. Dude, this episode was very well structured. It was a great. And I mean, there was a lot of back and forth. We saw like some flash forwards. We saw like they they were seeing. The w- I don't really know what was now. Like when they were talking, all like when uh, Rick, Michonne, no, Rick, Maggie, and Ezekiel were all standing on the back back of that truck. Yeah. They were, uh, that was like right before they went to Negan's, I think. Yeah. But they kept going back to that, so it was hard to, it was hard to pinpoint what was now. You know what I mean? Exactly where the timeline was. Yeah, but it was still, it was still very structured, and, and, and I love the way that, dude, Rick is a fucking ruthless motherfucker in this episode, and it's great to finally see that again. Yes. They're genius. They like fucking put these metal plates on the side of their cars. Like, big metal, like, uh, siding. Yeah. And it was fucking blocking bullets and shit. It was pretty dope. Hell, yeah. It was really fucking cool. So, yeah, I put in here another one, Rise the Bus by Weird Al. That was fucking interesting. Yeah, it was from the flash forwards. We saw Rick with the gray beard and then the cane. 
and the song was on DJ goes, is that another one bites the dust? And the first time I said that, we're like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I guess it is. And then I said, another one rides the bus. And we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. It's very random. Extremely jarring. I, I had no idea that it was Weird Al. I was like, maybe that's the original? I don't know. And then <laughs> the original. <laughs> and DJ's like, no, he told me today it's Weird Al. So that's interesting. And they fucking, man, Rick and them, man, they are fucking smart. Like, they they find this humongous herd of walkers. And they time it so perfectly that when the walkers, so, <laughs> like, all the things had to have happened perfectly for this to even accomplish like that. Oh, yeah. They fucking set, they took the cars there, put it, had a big old fucking, like, motorhome with the metal in the front. They killed all the outpost guys and had this huge herd of walkers coming. And they put, like, a zip line across the street, the street. So when the car, their cars came, they blew up. And that was, like, the first signal, whatever. And then Daryl was riding, shooting fucking cans or whatever. Oh, the first one was the one on the highway. Yeah. Was that before? That was before the uh, the cars. Yeah, I remember, like, Tara and, and they were, like, timing it. Yeah. And then the the, the car blows up. So Daryl does all that. Then the cars show up. The Negan's cars show up, and they get blown up by that tripwire. But it was just a big, a big chain reaction. It was fucking perfect. And they drove the fucking motorhome in there, and I blew the fuck up out of that shit. All of that shit. Ba-boom, dude, because... And then the, the walkers came right on the fucking money, dude. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. Dude, they did some fucking work at the sanctuary, man. Yeah. Holy fuck, did they do a number on them. So we got some really cool shit here uh, comparing the episode Wait, to the comic. And it's funny because we're just somewhere to talk about in this episode. This, uh, so, you know, they attack there and Rick's like fucking, he's, a, he's serious shit. Mm-hmm. He's like fucking, uh, are you going to make me count? Because he's like, he's like, you guys can surrender. You know, you know, you guys can surrender right now, and we won't kill you. And then Negan's like, "You really think, boo?" And then Negan, Negan's spitting off his shit. He goes, "You don't think you think you know what you got yourself into, but you don't think you have the numbers for this." <laughs> and then he talks about it. This is a dick measuring contest. He goes, and "Mine's bigger," and we both know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The way he, the way he, his attitude is perfect, dude. dude the way they said it on Comic Book Man is perfect. Like he, you can just tell Je- Jeffrey Neil Morgan enjoys being Negan yeah. so well, fucking yeah. much. I would too. And then like Rick's like he's like, All right, and he starts counting from ten and he gets a six and he just opens fire with his fucking MP five, misses everybody. <laughs> Nate's like, What the fuck he missed? Of course he misses everybody. The first time Rick ever misses and Deej says fucking Because it ain't a fucking Python, man. That's right. If he had a Python, he was pop pop pow all dead. Yeah, dude. Maybe six yeah, shots. But still it's just funny. He missed everybody with that MP five and then Negan dives down behind this metal fucking thing. A big metal Yeah, sheet whatever thing. it was. And he would fucking Rick was just unloading on that fucking thing. And then Gabriel stopped and was like, it's, it's not about you. You have to remember. Because, you know, nobody wants him more dead than Rick, than Rick does. Except close to maybe Maggie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, because, ugh. Crazy I, shit, though, I can't man. wait, dude. I can't wait to see more. <laughs> I, have a good, I have a good feeling. He did a good job at making me want to see more so much. Oh, yeah, dude. This is a, a stellar premiere, man. Like, the... So I feel like there was so much that happened, but like I was just, it was just really well choreographed. Like, dude, that fucking scene with the when uh, that guy, like when Rick took that guy out and like left out uh, cut oh, the string of the walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Rick's a badass. I love dude. whenever he starts talking to Eugene, and he's like, "No," <laughs> it's like I know who you are. Remember when he was tearing down his signs that one time? That was so. Funny. Oh, dude, that shit was fucking hilarious. But and then so like prayer circle, like we said in the 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 paragraph, 
uh, Gabriel saw that Greg because Gregory turned on everybody and then nobody decided to go with him. So fucking the guy from uh, Grand Theft Auto pushed him down the stairs. Was that really Negan's trump card? What that for that first for that first uh, encounter? I don't know. Maybe like that just seems nuts. Maybe well Gregory probably made him feel that they would listen to him that strongly. I don't know, but he pushed him down and then fucking Gabriel got out of his car. To go help him and then got left behind by Gregory. He is a piece of shit, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Fuck that guy. I like, can't wait to see. To, to I mean, we know what happens in the comics, but I can't wait to see that happen. And then Gabriel fucking finds every, and anywhere he goes, he finds his trailer. And, of course, and, then he went, and then you just hear from the shadows, I hope you wore your shit in pants. He <laughs> was like, what? He's like, I hope you wore your shit in pants because you're going to shit yourself or some shit. Like that. You're going to be shitting your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Oh, dude, it's great. How horrifying that would be, dude. Like. I, mean, I bet not. Gabriel is just, he's literally probably shitting his pants. Oh, yeah, for sure. Man, ugh. ugh. It's going to, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens. I hope, I hope that they stick true to their guns and that we don't get an entire episode of them just chatting in the fucking trailer. Uh, it might be a bi- I think it'll be a big part of an episode at least. I, I mean, I feel like it, I hope they at least just keep flashing back to that. You know what I mean? I don't want an entire episode where that's happening. Probably having them talking about things together and then showing everybody else while they're talking. I don't know. Who we'll knows? See. Oh, I don't know. That's I'm all I really have to say. Yeah, me too. It was great, though. I mean, I can't fucking. I was so satisfied. Like, I, oh, it was exciting to watch uh, Daryl yeah. piece. Like Nate was saying, he goes, Daryl by himself is never gonna get caught. Like, you don't no. Know, if he's alone, he's fine. Oh, for sure. It's good. It's fucking cool. Uh, all right, so. Uh, let's compare the episode to the comic books here. Uh, it says, for, so All Out War begins. It says, like in the comics, Rick galvanizes survivors of Alexandria, the Hilltop, and the Kingdom uh, with a rallying speech before making their move. With Rick saying he knows their path, ends in a good place. So uh, Michonne and Carl stay behind to keep an eye on things. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, in Alexandria, while the soldiers move out. While in the comic, it was Andrea. Who would be, who would become Rick's wife later on, and Carl's new mom following the death of Lori? So that got the moment with Carl. Andrea died way back at the end of season three, in the show, leading to Michonne taking on some of the comic book Andrea's traits, including her role as a surrogate mother to Carl in both the comics and in the show. Um, Rick, de facto hilltop leader Maggie and King Ezekiel, royal leader of the kingdom, roll up to the gates of Negan Sanctuary in a surprise attack. Unlike the comics, Rick and crew aren't out in the open. Um, They've played things with more strategy. Or, yeah, strategy. What the fuck am I talking about? With more strategy, concocting concocting cover by way of reinforced vehicles, including a familiar RV. During a war of... Words with Negan, the bat-wielding villain presents Hilltop figurehead Gregory, who in the show is still cowardly, just not as cowardly as his black-and-white counterpart. Still, both pledged their allegiance to Negan in a surprising twist. We knew Gregory was in bed with the Saviors and had his best interest in mind, but now all of the Hilltop knows it too. So that's pretty interesting. Let's see. So this one here, Holly Jolly Crash Miss. Unlike the comics, everyone from the hilltop stands behind Rick. And a firefight gets underway as Rick and Army fire upon the windows. Yeah. Do they not follow him in this? Uh, the hilltop is with Rick. When they show when he shows up? 
I think so. That's the whole point with Maggie being there and everything. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm reading based off the comic book, whatever thing I, I found. Um, anyway, uh, where did I leave off? The firefight gets underway as Rick and Army fire upon the windows of the Savior's compound. Uh, quote-unquote backup arrives in the form of a massive walker horde that floods the sanctuary. In the comics, Rick nearly drove a truck through the sanctuary gates to unleash the walkers, but it was Holly, um, a character who in the comics was in love with Abraham, who ended up crashing into the gate with the truck, bringing it down and leading the walkers inside. It says, in the show, Holly was a complete background character. She appeared in just one episode in season six and succumbed to a fatal stab wound from one of the wolves during the Alexandria invasion. In the show, Carol, Morgan, Tara, and Daryl, who didn't have a role in the comic book arc, as he's a character invented for the show, are the ones who lead the horde toward the sanctuary by way of explosives. Yeah, and Carol wasn't there because she was dead. Right. So, uh, you wearing your shitting pants? <laughs> After crashing the truck, Holly was saved by Negan, who took her prisoner as a, as he believed her to be Rick's lover. Andrea, some Rick's her lo- he believed her to be Andrea. Some of her traits were given to Sasha, who died in the season seven finale as a prisoner of Negan. In the show, it's Father Gabriel who was accidentally left alone with Negan, but under different circumstances. When the walker heard about to devour Gregory, Gabriel saves his life only for the leech to speed off in a vehicle. Gabriel takes shelter in a nearby trailer, only to learn Negan had the same idea. It remains to be seen if Father Gabriel will make it out of the situation alive, but with all that war underway, audiences should expect the casualties to start racking up on both sides. I mean, yeah. Gabriel's death in the comics wasn't anything to... That was just recent. It was very recent, yeah, but it's not. It could be easily be anybody. Yeah. That's weird how they decided this. We're just going to kill them off this way. I mean, that <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It could... I mean, it was uh, major, but whatever. But yeah, definitely check that shit out. We just spoiled the fuck out of it, but that's what, you know. <laughs> nobody died, so. It was a great, fantastic episode. All right, now we're going to get into CW premieres. All right, so what what was the consensus we came to last night? Two of them were, one of them was great. Arrow was the best. Flash was second. Legends was just very boring. And so was Supergirl. Supergirl was better than Legends to me. But, uh... It was pretty cool how she fucking pulled that submarine out of the water and shit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Alright, so let's do it. Supergirl Season 3, Episode 1, Girl of Steel. Kara has been dreaming of Monel, obsessive with her vigilantism and ignoring downtime with others in her life. Lena and James oppose industrialist Morgan Edge on his plans for the Waterfront housing estates. James is running Catco with Cat as White House press secretary and Snapper on vacation. Kara quits Catco, believing she needs to prioritize her vigilantism, pushing away Alex, who is marrying Maggie, and Edge hires criminal Bloodsport, who attacks the unveiling of super of a Supergirl statue by the waterfront with a submarine, forcing Kara to go underwater to stop them. When she passes out, her dream of Monel rallies her. And she stops the plot. Uh, yeah, she stops the plot. Oh, the plot! In order to nullify Edge's attempts to buy Catco and silence it, Lena buys it herself. Car decides to return to Catco and joins her friends. Meanwhile, Samantha, Arius, a woman whom Alex helped at the waterfront, wakes up after a dream with this disturbing creature. The fuck is that? Robert Dubois. Because I remember they said that. Oh yeah, Robert Dubois. I don't remember this at the end here, do you? He first appeared in Superman Volume 2. 
Oh, it's Trent. I'm trying to think if he has any. Doesn't say anything. Powers. Just a demolition type villain. This thing here that they said at the end, Alex, saw, she wakes up. Yeah. After a dream of the disturbing creature. Yeah. Cause remember, she like saved her daughter and then she like crushed that fucking metal piping. Yeah. And you thought that she might have been the person that was in the or something. She's something. She might have been in that spaceship that we saw at the, at the bottom of that. Yeah. But she has she yeah, but yeah, at the very end of the movie she was like laying in bed dreaming about something. Some disturbing creature, yeah. That sounds about right. I don't remember that. Yeah, but we still don't know who's in the pod at the end of that at the end of the uh season two finale. See, I mean it was a, it was mediocre episode. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't not the episode that I would have picked to be the premiere. No. Last year's premiere was fucking awesome with Superman and shit. Yeah, true. Dope. This one was lacking. But so you got to, I guess, for your second year after joining the C- first year of CW, you got to do crazy shit. So uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow Season 3, Episode 1, Arubicon. Flash. Or, oh. You skipped The Flash. The Flash, Season 4, Episode 1, The Flash Reborn. <laughs> Uh, with Barry and the Speed Force, at the end of the last season, he got ended up having to get trapped in there because the Speed Force requires somebody to be in there, apparently. So, and then uh, Iris, Kid Flash, Joe, and Vibe have taken on protecting Central City. However, when a powerful armored villain threatens to level the city if the Flash doesn't appear, Cisco makes a risky decision to break Barry out of the Speed Force. However, the Barry that comes out isn't the same Barry that went in. So, yeah, they fucking... He built that speed cannon. He, like, tried to, like, change it to where, you know, it would go into the speed force and then he had to send this other thing in there. Yeah, like had buried genetic code so, so it would be vibed in it. Was in there. Which is crazy because I feel like the speed force would be too smart. Yeah. And uh, and for that to work, I'm surprised they didn't come up with that in the first place. Yeah. Like last That's year. Probably not an easy thing to do. He probably had to take time to work on it. <laughs> like what if we created a thing with Barry's genetic code and replaced it? Yeah, it was great. Like when he showed up he was running real fast. He was like, ended up just running across the con- world, and he was like butt naked in front of this dude's truck, like in <laughs> Connecticut or some weird, just Kentucky maybe. I don't fucking know. And he had fucking facial hair. Yeah, it was weird. He looks weird with facial hair. I don't like it. <laughs> and he was talking utter fucking nonsense. He's like rhymes. He's like cloud, cloud, cloud. Like <laughs> he, <laughs> he was, was just like, stars, 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 stars. The stars. And he was like writing hieroglyphic type letters all over the place. <laughs> and then so finally, fucking uh, Cisco wants to defi- figure out what it is, so he. Cannot find an alphabet anywhere, so then he, I don't know, he's so smart, he, like, makes it, he did his program, like, found the consistencies or whatever and turned it into letters, which it was weird. That's amazing technology. Yeah. And then he, uh, deciphered it, and it was really funny that he's been writing this all over the wall. (laughs) This house is bitchin'. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) That's fucking weird as shit. They're like, what? (laughs) Imagine... Imagine the thought going through Cisco's head when he's like, I finally fucking figured it out. Like, fucking this house is bitching. <laughs> this is. Uh, could have been like the secret to the worst. Like, do you think this is his 42 or whatever? Or what's that number? 42. Oh, I was right. But yeah, so like the, 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 the villain we see is like this samurai with like these swords that are apparently fucking badass because they're like, he like. Fuck yeah, they're badass. And then like uh, eventually he comes down and he fights with uh, Kid Flash, kicks his ass, and then. Uh, another, you know, when he told Barry to need to be there, he showed up again and all the cops showed up. And then Iris showed up as a sacrifice because she thought that 
it would shake Barry out of it, which was very accurate. And we got into an awesome fucking chasing through some windmills, dude. That shit was crazy. Hell yeah. Dude, when he was... fucking, when they're like, Iris is missing, he just like, you see like the his eyes light up and whatever, and he busts out the fucking uh, pipeline. Yeah, he just broke right out of there. I was like, like whoa, dude, holy shit. That's not supposed to ha- be able to happen. No. And then they, they kept, they're like, look how fast he's running. They're like, he's the fastest ever. Like, he's the fastest, yeah. He's like, that means even faster than Savitar's ever ran or, you know, he's faster. Zoom? I can't believe that. Yeah. That's crazy. And he's got a dope-ass new suit. Yeah, man, that shit, that scene was so fucking awesome, dude. He's, he's just running through the fucking windmills and the windmills are like falling down. He's running up, running up blades. And fucking catches Iris. It was so. It was great. Yeah, it was a, actually. Yeah, it was not not too bad of a premiere for the Flash. Oh, yeah. Better than Flashpoint. <laughs> <coughs> so yeah, and then uh, in the beginning we see uh, there. Uh, it was a pretty cool chasing too with Vibe and Kid Flash chasing uh, that teleporter chick. Oh yeah, Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Yeah, they were chasing her. That was cool. That man. was cool. I forgot about that. Vibe's getting better with his tele- his uh. Portaling. What'd you say? His portaling. Oh, portaling. I saw. I thought you said Fortaloom. I was like, what the fuck is Fortaloom? And then at the end of the episode, we see somebody connected <clears throat> to a bunch of wires with like a little knob sticking out of his head, and we that we you know that is the thinker from the comic book. So we're gonna see a lot more from him. He is. Uh, he has technological, and enha- like in technologically based mind control and shit like that, which is interesting. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be a good season. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't, can't think of anything else that really happens in this. No, it was just a good. It was a good episode. I liked it. I mean, I oh, mean, we don't see what's his face anymore. Uh, Draco, he went. To yeah, him. Julian. He went and worked somewhere else. We didn't get. We didn't have a, an appearance from uh, a, a Wells of any kind. Yeah, we saw some Killer Frost. Yeah, we but saw we also saw some. Uh, what's her name? Her Caitlin rib. Snow Caitlin. action. Yeah, she helped them get Barry back, and then. She went to some bar she was working at, and she, like, killer frosted this dude up. It was pretty dope. It's funny, because she speaks with the audience just thinking, like, and she goes, not again, because right. I was thinking the same thing. Right. But it was pretty cool. Was, we're going to get another season of her struggling between the bonds of killer frost. Fro- frost. That thing is loud. What? I think, I think it's picking up on no. the mic. No, it's all right. All right, well, then let's, uh, should we move on? Yep, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. All right, so season three, episode one, Arubicon, <coughs> which is I like this. I, it's it's kind of interesting. I don't know if you you might not have picked up on it, but it's one letter. It's like one letter and apostrophe D off of actually being the continuation of the season two finale, which was titled Aruba. If it was like C O N apostrophe or T apostrophe D. Oh. Like it'd be a Rubik continued. Interesting. So it's kind of that's what I originally I was like a Rubik continued, huh? But I didn't. In the episode, they're attending a thing called a Rubicon. Um, so th- uh, when the legends realize that they broke the timeline, which was uh, at the end of the last season, they had dinosaurs and dinosaurs and like Big Ben and weird fucking buildings and shit like that. Um, Rip Hunter arrives with his new organization, the Time Bureau. It was kind of funny because they're just like he's very he's, dickish towards them. Like, yeah, he's an asshole. But he's, he's probably sh- doing something on purpose. He's probably trying to. Something like reverse like call. I think he's doing something. Yeah. He shows up and he's just like, he's like, yeah, I got my, uh, the time bureau. And Sarah's like, yeah, you just did this 15 minutes ago. He's like, oh, 15 minutes to you. But right. <laughs> he's like, I've been doing this for years. So uh, to relieve them of duty, that's, that's his, he basically shows up and he's like, you're just done. We don't need you anymore. Go back to what yeah. the fuck you're doing. 
this is, you fucked this up. But they're pretty efficient. Yeah. Uh, he says, the Legends are thrilled to get a chance to put the team back together, but the new a new threat arises when Rory spots Julius Caesar in Aruba. Yeah, that's so weird. So, in season two of Legends, they spent the whole time clearing, uh, what the hell do they call it? Aberrations. Yeah. Time aberrations. Now, this one, they're dealing with time anachronisms. <laughs> which is the same goddamn thing. <coughs> it's just the reverse version of it. Instead of going to the time, the time is that they're dealing with them here in the present. So, uh, Julius Caesar and Aruba, Sarah, Nate, and Ray devise a plan to steal the Wave Rider back from the Time Bureau, which the Wave Rider is being used as a uh, uh, simulation for new Time Bureau recruits. And um, in order to stop Julius Caesar from conquering the modern world. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly it happens exactly the way it sounds like it happens. But a couple of really funny things. I mean, Ju- Rory. Well, because like Celia stole that book. Yes. The book, the history of Rome or something like that. Yeah. The right. fall of Rome. And he's like doing things differently so he can live. <laughs> It's changing everything. Everything was taken over by Rome back in the day when they got back. No, like, oh, there is no that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Julius Caesar rose to power. <laughs> so there is no. It's very interesting. Which I can't. There's like a, a plot hole in it because like he does that. And th- then they're like, all right, Gideon, take us back to you know the present. And like she's like, we can't. The present's fucked up. And then all of a sudden, like Rip Hunter comes walking in the side yeah. from that time period that's supposedly fucked up. Well, they exist outside regular time, I think. Do they? I thought they just went to a building in the city. I don't know. Like the original Time Masters or whatever, they existed like outside time. Yeah. Just because they're in a building doesn't mean they can't. Maybe they just found a way to do it. Hmm. Good point. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It was just it was just okay. Like it was a average, it felt like an average episode of Legends, like nothing crazy. Yeah. Nothing special. Then we get into Arrow, which was fucking good. Yes, I loved this episode of Arrow. It was really good. <clears throat> titled, no, episode season six, episode one, Arrow, titled Fallout. In flashbacks, Slade heads to Argus' ship alone, while the other take refuge in the plane on the island. That uh, Samantha runs off to find William, with Thea following her. John's right pectoral muscle are injured while rescuing Felicity. Oliver finds Thea in critical condition, and a dying Samantha asks him to look after William. Dinah and Quentin are attacked by Laurel, whom he shoots. Now this is that Earth 2 Laurel or whatever. Uh, she is later saved. Yeah. She is later saved by an unknown man. In the present, Thea is still comatose, and William blames Oliver for Samantha's death. Laurel and her mercenary team attack the SCPD station during another confrontation. Then they broke somebody out. Because remember, he they were like interrogating this guy that they arrested. Yes. And they like broke him out of there. I can't remember who he was. Uh, Alex Faust. Yeah. Uh, during another confrontation, John accidentally wounds Renee due to his injury. Yeah, like he like shot Renee. Uh, yeah, it was weird. weird. They say it's due to his injury, but it, there has to be some psychological shit too. He doesn't just miss like that. And he would know that he's too hurt to shoot. You know what I mean? I don't. He's too badass for to. Get, I don't know. Yeah, dude, it has <laughs> to be psychological. Determining Laurel will determining Laurel will next attack City Hall. Team Arrow sets a trap. However, Laurel's gang attacks the hideout instead. 
but are driven off by Team Arrow. Quentin's reluctance to harm Laurel further allows her to escape. Oliver arranges another hearing for Renee to reclaim his daughter, which is awesome. You know, he was really upset about that. And he got pretty fucking happy. Even Arrow, he like hugged Ollie and he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's awesome. It's awesome of Oliver to do that for him. Uh, Curtis also discovers that Laurel stole a prototype T-sphere when they broke into their base, which is not good news. It's not a, it's not an attack sphere. It's a defense sphere or something. They're like, what are they going to do with that? Uh, Slade tells Oliver that he is traveling to Calgary to find his son, advising him to choose between vigilantism and William. Oliver and William reconcile slightly, even as pictures of Oliver wearing the green arrow suit leak to media, which that was fucking crazy way to end that episode, man. Oh, yeah, dude. It was like, so on, he was just like talking to William, I think. And Felicity calls, and he's like, turn on, are you watching the news? He goes, no. He's like, turn it on. So he turns it on, and it's just, they unmasked Oliver as the Green Arrow right on the news. And like, I was like, fuck. Yeah, it was a fucking like, crazy ass way to end the episode. Yeah, dude, I don't fucking know. Oh, fuck, man. Dude, his poor, that, his, his poor son there, man, you know, I feel bad for him and everything, but he's a shit-ass actor. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. I'm so tired of him being like, oh, who's the bad man? And he points to Oliver, like, of course. Like How the fuck do you think that Oliver, you know, obviously. Well, he didn't decide to do that. That's what they told him to do. I know, but, like, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, how, after all the shit with Adrian Chase. Well, it wouldn't be happening if Oliver without Oliver. Yeah, that's true. If Oliver didn't do all that. You know? I guess we don't know what Chase told, you know, filled his head with. But even so, like, if Oliver, Chase was just getting revenge on Oliver for being the Green Arrow. If he never was the Green Arrow, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. His acting bothers me. Yeah. He's he's weird. <laughs> but this episode was good. It was kick ass. I love like Watch he like shoots out of the water. Like he was like shooting people from under the water. Dude, when he like, shot that dude's fucking when he shot that dude in the chest and he like fucking flew back and he like pinned him to the yeah. to the I was like, Whoa And then he fucking shot an arrow in that one guy and jumped off the building to save Renee. And like the guy like caught on the railing and like and like held him and like crashed into the car. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was cool. dope. Oliver's so he's fast, so fast thinking, man. Oliver, yeah, dude, I love it. Oliver is a fucking badass. Yeah. Good shit. Those Good are, shit from the CW. Those are all of our premieres. Um, so yeah, we should we we should tell them exactly what we plan on doing. Uh, so this is kind of a last minute thing with these premieres. That's why they weren't you know we didn't have a whole lot of information or a whole lot to talk about. Not only because the episodes lacked some of the content that we would have rather preferred, but the uh, Next time we do this, we're going to prepare a little bit more. We're going to give you guys a you know, full-scale discussion on these types of... Yeah, so like on the mid-season finale, we will definitely be going over it tough. Right, same with the crossover. Yeah. And we're going to go, we're going to dive deep into these things. And uh, But yeah, this is just like a, you know, a, trial, a trial thing. And, you know, and if, you, if, you, if you love it or if you hate it, us doing this thing, let us know. You know what I mean? That that's that's gonna be a big help, right? But uh, it, it really lightens our it lightens our workload, and uh, makes thing makes it easier to uh, get episodes out. And like those are like a lot of the times are just boring episodes throughout the week, you know. And then it's just kind of like an episode we're not super excited to do because it just doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it, and it, it what the thing of it is is that we we would sit down every Monday and we would do that. We just did it last Monday, and it's. Sitting down, and we because ha- we only have like this one day a week where we can really sit down together and watch these shows, right? So, and that's and we do it that way for the podcast because mm-hmm. we can sit, so we can sit down, we watch them together, we remember them together, and then we can, you know, do we can do whatever. 
um, and then we do the show, and then by the time it, by the time it comes down to it, we're fucking exhausted because we just sat on our ass for seven hours and watched television. Yeah, it doesn't we're not like we're just like it makes you you just get really like groggy from it, like you just because just yeah. So we did relaxed. that last week, and we're like, fuck, man, we didn't even want to do that. Like we didn't think that we could bring any energy to the show and and all that shit. So then we just talked. We were like, why don't we just do premieres and important episodes, and then if something crazy happens along the way, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, and we're definitely we got fucking Thor Ragnarok coming up very like in and that that's another great uh, thing ten days only. because it it happens if you remember if you're a long time listener of the show then you'll understand you know we would have weeks where we would do this and then there'd be weeks where there'd be a movie where we do nothing but the movie and then the next week we'd have double everything mm-hmm. and that shit sucks like <laughs> getting through all of it is sometimes like it's 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 mind numbing like yeah. So especially if the episodes aren't great, so it just it works out like to a point like now we're not we're not uh we're not tied into to having to watch them on Mondays together if we don't if we don't have the time you know we could just be like, oh well you know let you know you work this time, I work this time let's you watch flash before you go to work and you watch flash after work and you know what i mean we'll 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 we we talk to each other constantly during right. the week so we can put together a uh, discussion but yeah if, so if need be remember i think our next episode will probably be ragnarok well let's see let me We're pull up have... the good old calendar here well yeah it's in 10 days so it's yeah next days. well next monday we can do oh we might be able to do something for halloween yeah put yeah. together a little bit of a halloween show yeah we can do that since uh halloween in the superhero world because the following the following ep- uh episode will be thor thor so yeah, um, join us next week. We're gonna find some nerdy Halloween shit to talk about, and we'll do news. That's a, that's gonna be a for sure constant. I'll make sure there's something good to put in there, but and we'll keep posted. All right, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Bye.